Welcome to today's nutrition seminar, uh, organized in conjunction with Mel Tempest. I'm really, really uh, honored to be working in the same sphere as her, the incredible work that she does. Um, and tonight will be all about the final word on what is right. Now, that might seem like a fairly lofty goal to think, we're going to come to the absolute final word on nutrition because there's a lot of conjecture on nutrition, isn't there? And uh, I'm going to be asking a couple of questions as we go through, but ultimately this is designed to help you understand why food is, why some foods are great, why other foods aren't, and how that's going to differ for you. So just to give you a little bit of background, my name's Dr. Cam McDonald. I'm CEO of the Precision Health Alliance. Um, I'm an accredited practicing dietitian, accredited exercise physiologist, and the Precision Health Alliance is an educational organization that looks to make sure that health professionals and the general population in general are supported in understanding what is right for me, what, what, is, what is the best thing that I can do from a nutrition, exercise, lifestyle component. And uh, we, have, uh, we have technology that supports that. It's called Shea and also Shea Fit, which is found for anyone here who is a club manager. Shea Fit is incredibly relevant for you um, as it's a, a product that can um, essentially allow you to access a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about but at a gym level. For the individuals here, I'm just going to make sure that everyone is muted. Just for, We love hearing what's going on for dinner, but um, uh, it, it just uh, can sometimes disrupt others. Very good. Um, tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about all things nutrition. And I guess the place that I'd want to start, I guess, is how I've come to be here. And I started out uh, looking at exercise physiology and then dietetics. I'm accredited in both. And when I got into private practice, I was doing my PhD and I was seeing a couple of days a week people just individual clients. And what I was noticing was that they weren't all getting the same results which was frustrating me because some people weren't getting results at all. Other people were getting really wonderful results and they weren't doing exactly what I asked. So that was confusing me a touch. I ended up having this really interesting situation where I, I, I wasn't actually sure who was going to respond and who wouldn't. Um, but I knew that they all came for an answer to something. And that is, you know, they, they wanted to do something with their health. They were unsure of where to start. They knew they wanted to feel either more well they wanted to perform better, whether it be athletics, life athletics at home, amateur, or like real athletics, mental athletics at work, uh, or they were looking to reverse or improve uh, disease that they had, diabetes, blood pressure, you know, autoimmune dysfunction, whatever it may be. This is the reason that people engage with nutrition in the first place is many of these reasons. And the, the most common question and I would love you all to hazard a guess as to what is the most common question you think people have of a dietitian when they first come and see you or when they find out that you're a dietitian and that you, you do a lot with nutrition, what do you think the most common question is that comes to their mind? I'd love anyone to have a, have a crack at that. <clears throat> What's the question that comes up for you? What's the question that you came onto this call tonight for? is sometimes a better way of thinking about this too. I will wait for one answer, just to make sure that everybody is actually alive on the call, or at least one person is alive on the call. How do I lose weight? Isn't that a good question? That is a fantastic question. I love it. 
Uh, as, we'll go for one more because we're on a roll. Would anybody else just like to write their question? What's the most common question you think people ask of people who know stuff about diet, about nutrition? Just wait for one more. I can start calling people out as well. Jay, Marilyn, what do you think? Nikki Dalton, you've been named now. It's important that you participate. <clears throat> While you're formulating your question, I'll let you know. This was the most common question. What are the exact, exact foods that I need to have? I know foods are healthy, but like, what are the ones that are going to be good for me? Exactly, Sue. What foods go together? Foods to eat. How can I eat healthier? I love it. So this is the most common question that always happens. What are the exact foods that I need to have? Ratios. Give me my macro breakdowns, please. And then if you don't go to someone like me, you go to the, the tabloids and the social medias. And this guy says paleo is great every day. This girl says you should eat 30 bananas every day and that'll resolve your autoimmune conditions. Both people are gurus and they say, this works for me, so everybody should do this. Then you go to the actual research and you'll see actual research and media. In one documentary, you'll have them talking about one egg per day is as bad as five cigarettes for life expectancy. That's a bit surprising. Then you've got the Heart Foundation saying that you should eat eggs regularly because they've got all these great nutrients in them and we should definitely take advantage of them. This gets very, very confusing with what is actually good for my health. You then go to the population guidelines and you say, yeah, cool, I've got to have veggies, I've got to have some grains, I've got to have fish, I've got to have my dairies, I've got to have my fruits, I've got to have less of this. Okay, that's pretty good general. <clears throat> this is the kind of exercise that I should be doing generally. Happy days. But then we have a problem with this, my friends, and that is this thing called a non-responder. Now, what's really incredible about the even the 2017 Australian Guide to Healthy Eating there were 55,000 research articles that informed that document. Now, the problem with when it's so many, so many research articles, you end up with the average. And unless you are the average of the whole population, there is a very good chance that it's not going to be successful for you. You're going to be, uh, you're going to, you might get a super response or you might get no response. And sometimes normal food can make you feel worse. You may have even experienced something like that in the past. And so, what we know is that there is a large percentage of non-responders. And normally, this is what it looks like. I've seen this too many times uh, in my career over the last seven years since I've been doing personalized health uh, to really, uh, it's, it's not even funny anymore, but, and there are so many things that we can do to resolve it. So this is the situation, and I would love to see if there's anyone out there who can relate to this. So the goals for this individual is weight loss, I need better energy levels, and I've got digestive issues. They go to a gym, and the gym puts them on, okay, cool, come along to this boot camp, and you're going to get 1,400 calories, five meals per day, low carbs, plain foods like broccoli chicken, broccoli chicken. Uh, we're going to have a 12-week boot camp. We're going to do morning training, explosive, competitive. You get up early, you go to bed early, no pain, no gain. What an absolute dream. Right. Has anyone been in an environment like this before uh, that where you end up having this experience? Half a kilo of weight loss because you're grinding through it for the first couple of weeks. 
Then at week six, it's like nothing has happened. You've gained that weight back. You're now at zero kilos again. And then by week 12, you've gained a little bit of weight. Does anyone know anybody who has had that experience before? And I'll tell you right now, it is a resounding yes from most people that I've been talking to uh, along the, the years over the last over half decade. Big thumbs up from Marilyn there. This is something that is all too common, and that is I'm doing everything under calorie, explosive training, and I still haven't got a result. Why is this happening? How could it be possible that I could be so diligent with this program but not get a result? And then you go back to the health professional, and I asked this at a dietetics health professional conference one year, um, and I said, if you've got a client that's experiencing this, uh, what is the first thought that goes through your mind? And guess what they said? The client is not reporting correctly. They say you're lying as a client. You've not been honest, you aren't patient enough, it's not fast enough, you're not motivated enough. There is something wrong with you. Now, what I wanna to do today is to make sure that it is well and truly not you, it is the program that's been provided to you and it has not been personalized enough and you not being the expert, you are not obligated to be at blame for that. In fact, the practitioner is the one who should know your individual specifics. And that's what we want to talk about right now because when we look at this non-responder thing, I don't know if anybody has heard about statin drugs before. Well, they are incredibly effective at lowering your LDL cholesterol. There's no question at all about that. However, there is a population right here who actually get higher cholesterol even when they're on the medication. It doesn't work for everybody. This is a drug that is prescribed to every single person with heart disease, but not all of them benefit. This is important. We have high responders, we have low responders. We then go to a population with diabetes and we make them exercise. This is the group that benefit from the exercise. This is the group that actually still experienced worsening blood sugar levels. I want you to just reflect on this. 40% of people doing exercise still had worsening symptoms while other people smashed it out of the park. This is very important. We then have a look at something like HIIT training. HIIT training, high volume HIIT training is incredibly effective for 31% of the population. This is a systematic review looking at all of the different type of people and studies that were doing HIIT training. 35% of people are likely non-responders. Now they don't tell you that when you walk into an RPM class, do they? Is that one in three of you is gonna really benefit from this. One in three of you is maybe gonna benefit and one in three of you is likely not gonna benefit. I want everyone to reflect on this for a second in that we, we are just not aware that this is the case even though it is in the literature uh, that is seemingly being quoted to you. Then we start talking about motivation. CBT is the most widely used, it's called cognitive behavioral therapy, the most widely used goal setting strategy uh, or you know, behavioral change strategy and there is a 35 to 45% non-response rate to that. That is a practitioner uses this to help you set goals, to help you be motivated. 35 to 45% of you, it will not work. I want everyone to have a think about that for a second, is that the goal setting for you has not been appropriate in the past maybe. So when it comes to food, I guess I wanted to really paint this picture and I'll just get a, just get a thumbs up or a yes if this is making sense so far that we have this thing called non-responders and that it happens in lots of different places. Can everyone just give me a yes there if that's making sense? Thank you, Sue. Love it, Beck. Very good. Lovely. All right, so when it comes to food, this is where it gets really interesting. What is a superfood? Are they all super for you? Well, 
we've got one person right here that when, when they eat some carbohydrates, their blood sugar levels skyrocket through the roof. This is the type of person that walked past the Ballarat Bakery and that just by smelling the bakery, they seem to gain three kilos. It's like, what the hell? I didn't even touch carbs this week and it still got me. How does that even happen? Whereas you have somebody working in the bakery, skinny as a rake, and they eat all of the bakery goods they can and their weight doesn't change at all. Has anyone experienced something like that before? Secondly, we have this thing called broccoli that everybody is convinced is a superfood, 100%. However, if you've got issues with salicylates or even thyroid function, if you have too much broccoli, <clears throat> it can actually be bad for your thyroid and slow your metabolism down. Even though this is considered definitely the most amazing superfood ever, it's not suitable for everybody. And this is where we go, oh, I thought it was a superfood. Well, it's not super for some people. Then we have something like olives. Oh, olives, fantastic. Olive oil. Uh, the richness of the oils, the nutrients, the, uh, all of the good stuff that comes from it. Well, these are good for some people, but for another person, it actually creates this. It creates fatigue, mental fog, and them to break out in hives because they can't process some of the chemicals found in olives because their liver isn't geared for it. For them, olives is a death food, not a superfood. Yet you would think, oh, olives are pretty good. The point that I'm trying to make here is that it's not just a matter of are foods healthy or not, it's about are they healthy for you? And then we have a look not just at the type of food, but the timing of food. It actually matters when you eat, and we'll go into that in a bit more detail in a second. But for, for while, we're come, while we're going through summer, this is a good time to talk about it, this is currently your best time to be aiming to lose weight. From spring through to summer, we have a naturally higher propensity to release fat. In summer, we release more fat. In winter, we hold more fat. This is a graph of insulin resistance or insulin sensitivity. In winter, we are more likely to hold on to weight. In summer, we are more likely to release it. So it actually matters when you do things, not just what you're doing with them. You can eat exactly the same food in winter and summer and you end up with a different result. But maybe you weren't aware of that. In fact, I wasn't aware of it. I went through six years of training and a lot of professional development as a dietitian, and they still weren't talking about this idea of chronobiology. And so this is where it gets really, really interesting. One of the reasons why some of you won't be able to lose weight is because you are eating this uh, three meals and three snacks. Now, what they did, they took two groups of people and they made them have 1,600 calories, exactly the same macros, exactly the same splits, they made some people eat 50% of their calories at breakfast, 33% at lunch, 17% at dinner, versus 25, 25, 25, 10, 10, 10. Now, this is a group of individuals with high BMI. What we found with the group with a light dinner and three meals, they lost five kilos, and their diabetes symptoms dropped dramatically, and they needed 40% less insulin, which is a very, very important marker. Cravings were better, hunger was better. This group eating, let me get this, eating exactly the same macros, exactly the same. I cannot, I cannot express this enough. Exactly the same macros, but spread over a different selection, having a slightly bigger dinner, having a snack after dinner. They lost 
almost zero kilos in the same amount of time, no real change in their diabetes percentage, and they actually increase their insulin requirements. This is eating under calorie, but eating at the wrong time. I want everyone to grab this for a second. Give me a thumbs up if that makes sense, and give me a double thumbs up if that is a little bit mind-blowing because we don't hear about this anywhere near enough. Very good. Okay, now, not all people require food at this time though, uh, because some people, if they have 20, 25, 30 percentage meals and 10% snacks, they actually get greater muscle gain, greater weight loss, particularly their waist circumference, because for this person, they're a different person. You can see the difference in the pictures here. This person, if they eat meals like this, it actually disrupts their sleep because they get hungry overnight. Uh, they don't have the same problems with having a heavy dinner. In fact, a heavy dinner helps them sleep and helps them recover their muscle. This person is more likely to lose a bit of muscle and gain a bit of waist circumference if they eat like this. So we have two different people needing very, very different meal protocols. This group was uh, a high BMI diabetic population. This group, generally a leaner population, and they lose muscle and fat quite easily, and so they need the food to prop them up throughout the day. Now there's a bit of science that comes into this, and there's two hours of stuff that you can listen to at another time. But what I want to show you right now is that it actually matters when people eat, and it matters in some cases more than what you eat, but if you get both of those together, the what and the when, right, all of the good things are gonna happen. So, these are the factors that are related to your results. It's not just food, it's when and how you exercise. It's the stress that you have from your career and your social life. It's how often you're getting outdoors. It's your indoor place. It's your mental load and stress actually influences how you process food. It's your sleep. If you get under five hours of sleep regularly, you just start dropping muscle and gaining fat tissue. Whereas if you get the right amount of sleep at the right time, and you eat exactly the same amount of food, you end up putting more muscle on and losing more fat just because you're sleeping at the right time. It's more than just food. But food is very, very important when it comes to what are the right things that I should do to lose weight, to feel better, to improve my digestion, whatever it may be. And so we get to this place. Everybody is different. Hands up if you feel like you are unique. You are a snowflake and you're different to everybody else. Hands up if you think that's the case if you're a little bit different. Only a couple of people have put their hands up. All right, well I wanna assure you that every single person on this call is unique. And the way that you are different is due to the genetics that you have, the DNA that you're born with, but also the environment that you're exposed to as you develop and in your adult life. And these two things create your phenotype. That's the size and shape and function of your body right now. Super simple example of this is you sit on the couch for three months, um, you are gonna put on some, some weight around your waist. However, if you've got different genes, it might be only your waist that you put weight on. If you've got other genes, it might be you put weight on everywhere and everything gains weight. And this is because the environment has a different impact based on the genes that you have. Um, but then you get up and start running and immediately, well, straight away, your body starts improving itself. Someone, someone might improve hugely, other people might improve a little bit, 
and this is due to the differences in genetics, but as the environment changes, so too will your body. All right, this is your phenotype. Your phenotype will change. So where your phenotype, so what makes you different? This is the really important thing, because if we know that foods are different for everybody, and we are all different, how do we measure that difference so that it's a real thing, so that we can really understand it? Well, the first thing is you develop differently in the womb. As you develop in the womb, your body and hormones and genetics are triggering off and changing things that will remain in place for the rest of your life. Your embryological development is actually having a huge influence on your body and how it develops. Now, what we know is that how you develop in the womb uh, changes your bone structure, changes how you deposit fat around your body, changes your circadian rhythms, it changes your macro needs, your micro needs, it changes your exercise preferences, it changes how your brain is driven and how you're motivated. And we can actually measure this. We can look at something like the thickness of your neck and your waist to hip ratio and the length of your femur and the, the length of your fingers this can actually tell us about the hormones and genes that have been activated from embryological times. It tells us about genetics, it tells us about hormones, disease predispositions. It's just like taking a swab, but we can actually do that with a tape measure. This is what's so cool about it. We've been collecting this information for 20 years and we've been correlating it against things like genes and nutrient metabolism and macro requirements and timing of foods, etc., etc. It gets very, very accurate. So when we understand how your body has developed, we can map you onto this 360 degree circle. And depending on where you sit, we'll actually change the foods, the timing that you need, the types of foods that are gonna be preferential to you. Now it gives us a general understanding, six major groups, but this is broken down into individual parts. We then look at things like your hair color, eye color, skin tone. We look at things like your genetic ancestry, whether you can bend your knee back on itself. All of these questions actually relate to genetics. If you've got blue eyes, pale skin, and blonde hair, we know that you're gonna need less sunlight to get enough vitamin D than someone with brown hair, brown eyes, brown skin. And so we know that your calcium metabolism is gonna be different. What might cause cancer is actually gonna be different. We know that for skin cancer for sure. And so therefore we need to make sure that we've got nutrients that protect those very pale Northern Europeans like the person talking to you right now and we also need to have a different nutrient profile for someone with different skin, even if you're living in the same place, doing the same type of training, even if you've developed similarly from the embryo, these things are actually gonna change the nutrients that you require as well. Is that making sense? Can I just get a yes from everybody so far that all of these different features actually stack up to we need different things in our life? Very good. No one has gone into this level of detail with you before though, have they? They haven't thought, oh, you know, we should really check your eye color and see what's going on. This is the level of detail that we need in order to make sure that it's personalized to you. And so it's not just a matter of these six groups. It's actually looks like this. Well, we have six groups. Let's say that we've got these connectors right here. They, they are people who have developed similarly from the womb, but could have very, very different hair color, eye color, skin tone, things like that. But they have a, a generally similar body shape. What we know is if we look at the individual profile, this is one person's profile with all of the different data and metrics that we collect to say, right, they're a connector because they cluster a lot of their characteristics here. But look, they've got other traits from other types. They've got some crusader traits and some sensor traits and some diplomat traits. So 
everyone is actually individual. And when we've got 10,000 data points is what we do in the profiling that we, we do now to really optimize your nutrition. Um, we can get very, very specific back to even the individual genes that you have. This is the 20 years of work that we've gone into to be able to look at the outside of the body and understand the internal workings of it and know what to do next. And so when we have an understanding of where you land on this circle and that profile, we get an understanding of your genes and the risks that you have. We also get an understanding of when your body will receive food in a better way. Is it six meals per day? Is it two meals per day? Is it three meals per day? Is it five meals per day? It's actually different for different individuals. Uh, we also know uh, that, or, and, and, and essentially, like this is a lot of information to collate, and the way that we do this is through uh, this technology called Shea. So it is too much for any one person to try and calculate, right, you're living in Ballarat and it's warm and dry at the moment. It is, you've got, uh, you know, Northern European ancestry on one side and you've got uh, African ancestry on another side. Uh, we're going to combine those two things. We've got this hair color, eye color, skin tone. You've, you've developed from the womb like this. These were the environmental factors that paid a part into your development right now. Your family history is these heart diseases here, this diabetes here. Your milestones of development have included, you know, uh, asthma and bronchitis and kidney stones. And we're going to collect all of that information together. And I'm going to say um, that you're going to need, like these genes are going to be out. It's too much detail. I'm, I'm getting cross-eyed just thinking about how to, and so we need technology actually to calculate this information for us. And over the last 20 years, that's exactly what we've been doing. So how Shea works which is what we're here to talk about tonight, is it creates a picture of the outside of your body using tape measure and a questionnaire that you can do at home by yourself. You are set up and ready to go in 30 to 45 minutes. In that time, it is collecting 10,000 data points, 500 ratios, uh, looking at all of these different sciences. Not one person's profile will be the same as another person. And from that, you get all of this information in relation to uh, your... Um, exact food list, your food timing, and I'm going to show you what that looks like right now. So when you get into your, uh, your platform, this is what happens, you'll say, right, uh, okay, cool, I want to find out what foods are best for me. And instead of, of going, oh, you know, uh, you know, what's, instead of saying, oh, hey, we should all just be having the same calories and macros and let's just get some weight off, it actually says, no, no, this is exactly the time that you need to be considering food. Some people aren't recommended to have breakfast or are told that they can skip it. Other people, like me, I've got five meals per day. I'm actually pretty standard in the, in the meals that I need. Three meals, two snacks. But another person needs those two meals and a very light dinner. You can then search for, okay, you know, what are the best... Um, vegetables for me and you can say right out of all of the vegetables that are best for me broccoli is the best look at this and I say why is broccoli so good because I'm interested it actually points out the science for you specific to you based on the questions that you've answered as to what foods are best and why then you can put them on a favorite list happy days but there are some vegetables sometimes that really aren't so good and you can scroll right down and keep going down all of the vegetables in the world and you'll get down to some vegetables that are okay. So like poppy seeds or almond flour, apples. This is the whole food list, not just the vegetables now. There are some foods that are considered healthy but are not considered healthy for you. 
And this is where every food will actually be specifically crafted for your list based on the data that you've entered. And as it changes into winter, this food list changes. As you reduce your waist circumference, the food list changes because you've now got less inflammation. And so your body can tolerate things. You can, there are 25,000 recipes that reorder themselves against your list. So you can be provided exactly the recipes that are best for you as well. It even tells you how to prepare your food, um, amongst things like telling you the best time to exercise and what kind of exercise that might be. It even talks about your mind because we can understand from your genetics and hormones, uh, psychologically, some of the variables that drive your behavior. And this is actually a very fascinating read. But tonight we're gonna to be talking about nutrition because that is the focus of the challenge so far. So this is where you're able to get exact, exact information on your food list. For example, um, you know, I look at those barley greens that are meant to be a superfood. Well, they're only two or three times a week for me, but broccoli is every day. So if I'm going to eat something, I eat broccoli because it's got more of the nutrients that I need. It changes with your exercise and how much exercise you're doing, changes with your weight. All of these details then become at the tip of your fingers. And so this becomes your reality then to say, all right, what are the best vegetables for me? What is the best kind of exercise for me? What should I be doing with coffee and when should I be waking up in the day and what should I be having for breakfast? All of those questions will be answered specifically for you in your unique user profile that accounts for everything that we've discussed so far tonight. And so then we have this issue of humans. Before we go any further, uh, has anyone got any comments or any thoughts or an exclamation in relation to what our technology can do these days? Like this is what's so incredible about 20 years of data collection um, the idea that everybody is unique. This is essentially the product and the platform that we're using to reverse diabetes in research, to reverse heart disease in practice, to, uh, to improve autoimmune conditions, to improve immune function. This is essentially, um, this technology does all of those things and it also supports you in your, in your journey as well. So the human factor is an interesting one. I'm sure, and I would love to get a thumbs up or a hand up if you've had this experience before. Uh, number one is, have you known what to do or thought you've known what to do but haven't done it? Like you haven't committed to the process. Have you ever had something like that? Where yes, yes, humans are funny, aren't we funny? And so you might have exactly the information that's required, but essentially, the support that you need also needs to be individualized as well. Some of you are gonna need a community. Some of you just like getting on and doing it yourself. Some of you like a bit of a challenge or a check-in. Different people need different things based on your genetics, based on the hormones that you have. And more than half of your personality, more than half of your personality is driven by genetics, things that you can't change. These are your driving motivational factors that are built into your genes that just happen. And if you understand that, you get better results. And so this is an example of an individual that I was supporting for a little while. This was, we worked together for quite a while and then we started working on this platform, but we lost touch and he gained weight because he wasn't following it. Then we got back in touch and he lost all this weight. And then he dropped out of touch again and he put on weight. And then we got back in touch and we dropped all of this weight. Now, what I wanna say about this is some of you are biologically driven and biologically built to thrive with accountability. It is not a weakness to require support 
to get your best results. Some of you have hormones that make you more social. And in fact, if you aren't more social, it's bad for your health. You are the same people that require more accountability and it is good for your health to get that accountability. It is your strength to work as part of a team, not a weakness. I want everyone to have a think about that for a second. For some of you, it's gonna be your strength to work alone. But for many of you, particularly if you're on the journey of weight loss and have been for most of your life, your, the, the hormones that make you, give you a greater propensity to put on weight also make you more socially oriented. Therefore, you will do better to do this as part of a group and to have accountability and to have support. This is why challenges are so wonderful. Um, this is exa that's exactly right. Well done, Beck. So, and this is not something that you should think of as a weakness anymore. So what happens when we actually run a non-responder through this experience? They come in, they get given this 1400 cal, they get no results, just as this is where we started at the beginning of today. Now, what do we do? This is a real case. A real case with this exact thing that you've just seen. She was working for 18 months with a PT and a dietitian and lost three kilos. Now, I don't know what you guys are like on rate of change, but that sucks. And that is not motivating at all. She even quit her job to be less stressed so that she could lose weight and it still wasn't working. What we did, we took the profile. What took her 18 months to get no results, we did a 30-minute profile. And the results, the Shea practitioner came out and said, hey, you need two to three meals per day. You need moderate carbohydrates, not low carb. You need to have lots of flavor with your recipes. You need morning walks only, and you need afternoon strength training. And you wanna be calm in the morning and, even, and use your energy in the evening. Now this is very important, the timing of her activity, the timing of her food. It got right down into the specifics of the nutrients that she needs. And then what we saw, and the coaching was very about pleasure first because she was more dominant in serotonin, which is an important genetic trait. And she needed that monthly support, not a catch up every two weeks or week. It was a catch up every month. She lost 3.1 kilos in the first two weeks. She lost 10 kilos in 12 weeks. She continues. Uh, and the program is actually feeling good because she's got all of her energy back and she's eating lots of flavor again from all of the recipes. And her body just feels good. Her digestion has cleared up all happened because she was eating the right food at the right time. Her body came out of stress, and when this body comes out of stress, it drops fat tissue, it drops fluid, it improves its digestive symptoms. Super simple, but this came from the outputs of the platform. We then take an early bird, this leaner, shorter individual, who doesn't have weight problems, but they have menstrual cycle problems, and energy level problems, and inflammatory problems. They're ankle hasn't healed, it's been tendonitis for the last two years. The history was two to three meals per day, walking by herself, super busy all the time. The profile actually said five to six meals per day, low to moderate protein, low to moderate protein, avoiding things like broccoli, kale, uh, cabbage, cruciferous vegetables, Brussels sprouts, all of which were slowing down her thyroid, causing these issues or uh, contributing to these issues at least. She was recommended to do early morning boot camp because her body's designed for an early rise, not like the last person. And her coaching is competitive and challenging, not pleasure first and easy going. After four weeks, her ankle pain resolved because inflammation went down. Her, her cycle came back because her rhythms were back because she wasn't suffering from these hormonal issues driven from her thyroid and her ovaries. Uh, she got her bounce back, which was very important to her. 
But what happened after that four weeks, her Shea profile changed. Now she was recommended higher protein and no vegetable restrictions. This is because her health has now improved. She can now tolerate different foods. Very, very important. As the symptoms change, so do the recommendations, but the technology actually takes care of it itself. So, hoping, I'm hoping that you've got a different insight into what personalized nutrition is all about. It's not about whether foods are good or bad. It's about whether they're good for you right now. And whether those foods are good for you in a month is actually up to the work that you do, the changes that you see, and the season that it is. This will all change whether these foods are still right for you. And this allows you to have variety, but it also allows you to not stagnate. <clears throat> and so, why do any of this? Very simply, results are faster when you personalize them. If you've got chronic disease and you're unaware of your body and unaware of the effects that stress having on your body, you don't know where to start, essentially you follow the same advice. You live your strengths. You do the thing that's appropriate for you. You grab technology, that this is really leading the way globally in what we can do when it comes to personalized nutrition. And as you apply those trends and as you apply those, that guidance, you'll find that you end up living your potential. That is, you don't have to think about your digestion or your weight or your energy levels. It's just there and you can get on and live your life. That's what it's designed to be. And it's not just a matter of solving the weight loss problem here. Is if you eat the right foods for your body, you experience better digestive function, better mental clarity, better chance of preventing disease uh, and improved weight and better training improvements and, and all of those things that actually matter to us as well. So what I would like to do at this point is if you're interested um, in, in engaging with this, if, if you're an individual, talk to Mel. Mel Tempest is on the call at the moment. If you're a club manager, hit Mel's inbox for some more information or you can go direct at kyle at ph360.me this will give you access to the people that can provide you how you can run a challenge like this uh, for your club. Um, and I know that individuals talking to Mel, if you're training with Mel already, there's some pretty incredible things that she's doing in this space to make sure you're getting the best results possible. So with all of that, my friends, hopefully that gives you a good sense of what's actually possible, why you cannot go to a guru and then just say, oh yeah, eat these macros. You'll get some sort of benefit but it won't be what's designed for you. This is about a non-guru approach. It's about an evidence-based approach to what is appropriate for you as an individual right now. Eat that, experience the benefits. It's a very simple process. Thank you everybody and obviously I'd love to open it up for questions right now. Open up your mic or, um, uh, or you can just type your question in. Not a problem, Binks. Thanks for being here. What about a backwards circadian? Uh, what do you mean by that, Sally? Is that you mean like heavy dinner, uh, middle lunch, and a, oh, shift work, yes. Well, that's a really good question. We're working with people in the mines doing this work right now. Um, simply put, we can support you with this, uh, but you wanna provide the environmental cues to your body as much as possible that it's still awake during the day. And what I mean by that is you might get home off the back of a shift. Um, fantastic, Marilyn. Lovely to have you here again for another go around. Um, 
Yeah, hold on, I'll add to that in a second, Michelle, I love it. So um, when it comes to shift work, essentially you wanna minimize the amount of food that you're consuming overnight, full stop, and you wanna maximize the amount of food that you're eating through the day. Makes a massive difference to your digestive function. I can go into this in a lot more detail at another time, but if you engage with the program, you wanna be eating and exercising at the times that are most appropriate for your body as if you are awake during the day and then you wanna minimize your stress, activity, and food throughout the evening. Um, your body will never adapt to nighttime. We are waiting for robots to take over night shift. Yes, um, you will be able to stay awake, but we also know that if you can minimize your food consumption and exercise throughout the evening and do it at the normal time throughout the day in between your sleeps, that's where you're gonna see some really profound benefits. So hopefully that answers your question. It's a very complex question, but hopefully briefly. Uh, for families, uh, very simply, um, uh, the first thing that I would say is it's very easy to compare your lists and see what's gonna work best for adults, but we also have a, ch uh, a parenting course where you can understand the profile of your children and understand what kind of foods are gonna be best for them, what kind of exercise is gonna be best for them, what, how do their brains work, and how can I understand my child, and why are they so different to me? So this is where the Parenting 360 course will actually give you every solution that you need for families. And it's very easy to combine foods uh, once you get a bit of a handle on that as well. Um, Michelle, you can definitely take supplements, but we uh, generally we recommend that you take supplements that are definitely appropriate for you. Not all supplements are appropriate for everyone. And so making sure you're working with someone who understands this information and understands supplements would be my, my top suggestion there. Uh, the, the program does ask if you have any dietary requirements and support. Yes, so it actually asks you whether you're a vego um, or a, a vegan or if there's foods that you definitely don't consume or foods that you've got allergies to. It takes that into account and removes them from your food list and recalculates those foods based on um, what's best for you as well. So yes, it takes that into account because that's a very important part of things. So. Thank you everybody for the wonderful questions and thank you for being on online tonight. Hopefully you got plenty out of this. Really looking forward to um, supporting you in through the technology and any support that you may have through Mel. Club managers, please reach out to us. Uh, this is a, a no-brainer for really bringing a next level to any kind of challenge that you might want to run. Uh, happy to support you with that too. So thank you everybody. Uh, really appreciate it. Mel at ncable.net.au is the email that you want to use. And uh, really excited for you all to, to jump in and really see what, what can happen in the time that we work together. Thanks, everybody.